You are listening to Around Comics, episode 231, brought to you by InStockTrades.com and Netflix. Chicago, this is Around Comics, the comic culture podcast, where each week our revolving panel of guests talk about everything in and around the world of comic books and comics culture. And Around Comics is recorded at Dark Tower Comics and Collectibles, located at 4835 Northwestern Avenue in Chicago. If you're in the area, please drop by, like all these crazy folks. Hello there, everybody. That was weak. That was weak. Hey there, folks. Christopher Neesman here. Let me get you uh, introduced to this week's What's panel. What's up, dudes? <laughs> That's a tiny, tiny type. How do you read that? It's stuff? like an insane clown posse <laughs> show. I got to get my bifocals out. <laughs> we got drunk Hillary Barty yeah. here, but he's not on the panel. He's just in the peanut gallery. Uh, uh, he's going to get aggressive. Though, he he is. He's, it's like Hillary's angry tonight. It's the, he was happy. Shut up! I'm not angry. <laughs> he's a little handsy too. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. Tom Caters. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Tom Caters, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm a little on edge. <laughs> it's freaking yeah. me out a little bit. <laughs> well, that's in his personal space. Uh, uh, returning guest and uh, and one of our favorite uh, comic book creators and just people in general, Mr. Steve Bryant. Hey. Hi, Mom. How you doing, uh, Mr. Creator of Athena Voltaire and uh, you're working on the Ursula Wild and Canterbury Ghost and you're everywhere. Canterville. It kind of gives you a clue. Oh, did I say Canterbell? Canter- yeah. Canter- Canter- Canterville Ghost. The, you're working on the Canterbury Ghost. Canterbury Tales, the Cannibal Ghost. Like, Chris kind of knows about literature. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tonight's episode brought to you by beer. Yeah. Yeah. So is this the same story that the movie was based on? Y- the Oscar Wilde novella? The movie. I never saw the movie. I'm asking. <laughs> this show is already. Read the novella. Let's just start over. <laughs> we will get to that in a little while. What's the movie inter- called The Canterville Ghost? You just need to talk slower because then I'll understand. <laughs> What's Steve Bryant, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, our other guest, uh, Mr. Jim Heffern. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. How are you? Uh, uh, okay. Better as the night goes. Oh yeah, it's um, uh, it got a little crazy here uh, a little bit later in the evening. So uh, yeah, Dark Towers turned into the place to be on a, on a Friday night, which we always like to see. So all well, uh, the women left, so now we can just really be ourselves. <laughs> no, I just I want Hillary what, to, to put his pants on, please, yeah. for the love of God. <laughs> Somebody's getting naked tonight, and this scares oh, me. So. Uh, um, uh, let, me, uh, let me remind everyone that this episode of Around Comics is brought to you by InStockTrades.com. InStockTrades.com is your source for uh, trade paperbacks, deluxe <laughs> hardcovers, essentials, showcases, Did you archives, like me to read some <laughs> absolute editions, omnibus editions, and more, all at great discounted prices. And remember that all orders over $50 do, in fact, ship for free. And uh, 
lovetheinstocktrades.com. And right now you can, uh, it, it's your last call to get the uh, the Adventures of Luther Arkwright. We're yeah. going to be uh, recording our uh, our book club selection episode next week, I believe. Okay. So um, the Adventures of Luther Arkwright is available at instocktrades.com for 45% off the cover price. It can be yours for the low, low price of $10.42. And uh, next week, whenever we do that episode, we will announce our next book club. And uh, I was talking to Sal. Uh, and and he's uh, he's got about three or four things that he's considering. He he's just paring them down. It's he's wanting something fun. So uh, so we're gonna something have a new fun. Yeah, something. I thought book. I thought the book in a month club was supposed to be like a, a test of patience. That's how we've approached. <laughs> That's it so how far. we have approached. Six hundred page archives. Yeah. You know, ultra dense brain. Essential. Books. Essential Thor, Volume One. I'd read it. Yeah. Well, actually. Um, um, you had talked about it before we started recording tonight. Maybe that's a, a good place to start. You had, um, and, and I know that that uh, that Steve is a, is a connoisseur of fine comic books, and we'll find out uh, um, uh, Jim's taste as we'll we go we'll here. We'll test Jim. We will test Jim. But <laughs> right. um, you said that you had uh, just picked up and reading for the first time the Walter Simonson Thor from the uh, I never the liked Thor, Vision, Thor right? when I was a kid. But I was more of a DC kid anyway, and Thor was just—I was just like, "Oh, Thor, Thor doesn't make any bows. sense." Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. So, like, I just never picked up Thor. I never read it when I was a kid. And I was in Pittsburgh, and I was bored, which happens when you're in Pittsburgh sometimes. And uh, I was at a comic book store, and I picked up the Thor Visionaries Volume One, uh, Walt Simonson, and it's it's pretty awesome. Yeah, in like a lot of ways, like oh, amazing. Yeah, it, bl- it blew my mind. I've been tearing, <laughs> I've been tearing through that book, and I was like, oh, I, I just keep thinking about if I could go back in time, I'd talk to my ten-year-old self and just say, You're you stupid. should read this. You're so stupid with your ten-year-old tastes. But <laughs> now, as a ten-year-old, were you kind of scarred by adventures and babysitting's references to Thor? You know what? It was a god. <laughs> it might have been roughly around the same time. I don't think it influenced it, but it only helped to reinforce my ideas. Because yeah, Thor. you know, you had Brad in that movie. You know, Thor's yeah. a homo. <laughs> and uh, then and, uh, every time I went to the uh, saw comic books, I was like, oh, Thor. I'm just like, nah, I don't gods. That, I, I need to qualify that. That's a quote from the movie. movie. That's, <laughs> that's yeah. not Steve's. Whatever the, whatever the Norse gods do in their own time is their own personal business. <laughs> I, uh, I I started reading it on the plane actually uh, when I was stuck on the runway for uh, an hour, so I was lucky I brought something. And I I was really I was struck by the it was kind of cool to read a book that for a lot of it the writer and the you know, was the same as the artist. And I was just looking at the art and I was like, you know, nowadays I was like, I, I don't think you could kind of get away with that art in like a Thor book because it's not. It's really cool art, but it's also very, like, strange. and Stylized. Yeah, extremely stylized. Yeah. And obviously that's the only way that he could get everything done on time was to use that very stylized method. And it looks really cool, and it looks really different. If you saw a book like that today, you'd be like, oh, what, the house, that's not the house style for how well, it was going. But I... Oh no, it's all right. You can cut it. <laughs> no, well, you were talking about, uh, you know, having the writer artist at that period. Yeah. That was just such a cool time at Marvel because you had, you know, Byrne doing the Fantastic yeah. Four. You had Miller doing uh, Daredevil, and you had yeah. 
you know, Simonson on Thor, and it was, it was kind of a whole era of cartoonists, essentially. Yeah, and it was the artist. Just, I was just like, whoa, this is. You look at like the actual composition of like the panels, and it's like this is. Sometimes it's so ridiculously simple, mm-hmm. like, but does the job. Eff- d- d- but does the job better effective than, yeah. in telling what the story is. Well, yeah. my favorite part about the way that those books look is the way that Simon Jim knows where I'm going. Simonson's work goes in with uh, with Workman Junior's lettering. Oh yeah, yeah, you know you'll have the word balloon that'll open at the top of the panel, yeah. and there's just uh, so much room to breathe on those. I thought, and the and the building of the sword with the. With the sound effects, was oh cool. yeah, just and it was funny because the the stuff that when I was a kid that led me away from not reading Marvel stuff is that when I was a kid, I always liked the DC stuff because I had like a very fanciful imagination. I was always more drawn towards like outlandish than like Daredevil. That stuff yeah. didn't really interest me when I was a kid. Thor would have completely interested me because it was exactly all that stuff that I really loved. Because it is. Out, just outlandish and like cr- just crazy in parts. Only superhero that's actually been turned into a frog. You know. Yeah, I mean that stuff. Support. Yeah, I mean that stuff's insane. Or like the fact that Beta Ray Bill is introduced like immediately into it. I'm like, <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm like, this is such, this Where is. Why didn't I read from? this when I was yeah. a kid? I would have loved. This is exactly the sort of stuff that I love. But at the time, I always thought of Marvel as being like Daredevil and Spider-Man and like being very street level I just didn't have much interest in that and that was like, you know, talking about Better A Bill that's a character that worked so well in the Simonson Thor that they've just never been able to get that character to work I, after I totally that agree. I, I think part of it was when he came in and he best bested yeah, Thor he so Thor. it was somebody that was tougher than Thor and well I, th- I think part of it though too is I think um I don't know if it's readers or writers today I don't think they feel as comfortable with the the Asgardian type like honor the honor duel like you could get away with that sort of like half like samurai code of honor half comic booky type stuff that I think nowadays for whatever reason like tastes have changed a little bit where it has to be a little bit more winking and a little bit more like gallows humor or, and it doesn't quite translate the same sure like for better or worse whatever like tastes just don't flow in that direction anymore with how those books go you know I think when he came in too and you know kind of turned things on its ear to start with I think of the um you know the fact that Donald Blake was now gone now he was you know the buff guy in the t-shirt when he yeah, wasn't Thor yeah. and Beta Ray Bill and all these sort of elements where you're thinking that's that's great because there are a lot of a lot of great creators have come to books and sort of turned things around and left but he actually brought everything to sort of a you know a neat especially with the building of the sword yeah. this fight against Surtur I don't know how far you are on the whole sort of story I'm almost finished it. but it just everything there was a point to all of it and it just was amazing and I was never I I saw it I saw it the same way you did I was never a Thor fan and once I was in I was hooked I, oh. I couldn't wait every month I was like whoa except the, there is one reprint uh, error and the one I got where there's two pages reversed. Oh. And at first I was like, that's Ooh. strange storytelling. When they said <laughs> wow. that, I flipped the page and I was like, oh, they have the pages flipped. That's obviously. Right. That's yeah. like, Ooh, how progressive of Walt Simonson. To yeah, do this that. is very, this is like Graham Morrison. <laughs> like, and then I was like, oh, okay, they just flipped two pages around because this makes more sense the other, in the other direction. No, that, that is, uh, Simonson's Thor will always be my Thor. I mean, there are, there are folks out there that, you know, Kirby is 
is the is the defining Thor artist, and right. he he established everything, and and it's it's Kirby or nothing. And then I think there's a whole other generation that's like, no, it's it, Walt Simonson redefined or defined uh, for an entire generation why, what, why what, there, what Asgard should be. Why isn't there a podcast called Kirby or Nothing? Kirby or nothing. <laughs> it's just people that's that, good. Just talking about Kirby. Well, there was the, the Kirby cast back in the day. But I'm, I tell you, um, I'm going to start actually Kirby your enthusiasm. Kirby. Oh, oh, that's good. Oh, there you go. That might, that might be an episode title. Um, the the new Thor, which you are reading, Tom. Correct? I am not. Uh, oh, you're not reading? I started, and when I found out it was going to three ninety nine, I just yeah. <laughs> I, I was like, I'm not going to bother. I'm like, yeah. It, it's good, but I'm gonna start trade waiting. But no, I I, I love. Um, it, it's kind of uh, the first time since since Simonson has done Thor that I feel like it's been it's been reinvented and re-energized, and it's like this is a new version of this character that I can really grasp a hold of and enjoy. Yeah, I mean, just an interesting, uh, you know, the reinventing him visually too. And when we first saw that, we're thinking. Oh, you know, come on, stick with the stick with what we know, yeah. and we'll yeah, where, accept where's it, but, the classic? No, yeah, but, but the the armor and the things that he has now, I'm I I bought into it. I think it looks great. I, That's awesome. But he is a a brilliant, brilliant artist, fantastic storyteller. I think he is. I mean, he's sort of an he's old school in the way he can tell a story, but you know, with these sort of. Uh, I think when he came in with was it Le- Legion is when he yeah. more of his mainstream stuff and it was just had this sort of cool European vibe to it but just an amazing amazing artist. I yeah I, if it would be still two ninety nine I would have kept it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like ah, yeah just get just get it get in trade I I enjoy it. But, but other, uh, and the topic of other old stuff is I spend a lot of time reading old stuff. It was funny <coughs> I, I was reading a bunch of old Flash comics and. Uh, I read a letter in a Flash comic book from 1968 written by, who was it? It's, um, was it a current writer or somebody that was, somebody, was a, a writer from like the, uh, like, I want to say, um, like Stephen Grant or that her writing in to complain about Ross Andrew drawing the flash because it wasn't <laughs> nice. it wasn't Carmine Infantino and they just re- printed all these letters of people bitching about about Ross Andrew drawing the flash because they were used to Carmine Infantino and I was like it, it's funny to think like in more changes the more it's yeah, the same. yeah exactly yeah. like how you know uh the Andrew stuff you know looks of course looks great because Ross Andrew is a, was a great you know it's a great artist, and then to see all just angry, let you know. If it was, it's exactly the proof about the thing about the internet, where people are like, "Oh, the internet's just made people more bitchy." I'm like, no, people have always bitched. You just couldn't read about it all the time. Yeah, I'm like, wasn't, that, wasn't is 100%, that is 100. That is 100 proof. Is that letter column of just two line letters like I'm gonna stop reading because Infantino isn't drawing the Flash anymore. <laughs> and I like the Infantino stuff, and I'm like, man, this really inexplicably pissed off 10 year olds you know? and it makes a little more sense because it's like 10 year olds writing it than it is like yeah. right. no, I, I just love that 10 year olds were writing letters yeah like oh, all yeah. these angry kids just like uh, and then I was uh, well the only difference is now it's like angry 35 year olds but I'm like listen people always bitched about everything we they're, just couldn't read st- it they're still 10 year olds in a lot of ways yeah Tom, just uh, so. still like, oh Ross Andrew does not know how to write he makes the Flash's head too big. Yeah, but it was more like stuff like that. Like, Excuse me, it looks too bulbous. Yeah, his head, 
the Flash is supposed to be sleek. I gotta, I'll bring this letter in like in two weeks, and like, uh, it's funny. It's but funny to read like uh, angry kids' letters. But wasn't didn't the same thing just happen recently with Flash with the uh, the guy that does the uh, Eternals when he did the Mark Wade? Oh, relatively uh, recent issues, and it was the same sort of uh, you know crying out for yeah, oh. no matter who draws whatever. Not not nowadays. You don't have the letter column. I, I do find it funny that they printed like just an entire page of letters of that- people like. Uh, bitching about Akuna. Akuna. Yeah, Akuna. Yeah. yeah. People well, are complaining about that, but it's funny. My People favorite are... well, my favorite like non bitching issue that if it happened today, I, I wonder what would happen. Um in the first Agents of Atlas trade, you've got the reprint of the issue of what if, and you have the letter mm-hmm. column from that issue. And Roy Thomas is like referring to the fact that originally scheduled in that issue was supposed to be um what if Conan were in the modern day. And he says, Big John Buscema couldn't make his deadline because he had to go off to the Angoulême Festival in France. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, shit, man. If that, that were today, today <laughs> yeah. everyone you, would lose oh, their mind. He's a hack. He's going to conventions instead of working. He's probably fucking playing <laughs> video games. First of you all, know, you, everyone would have known a, that it was a fill-in issue four months ahead of time. <laughs> you know, like it would have it would have been in lying in the gutters or whatever the equivalent was. <laughs> like nineteen seventy then everyone would have been worked up for like four four months about the fact that it's a Sima was at a, a, a European festival and could not draw his issue. Plus, he was probably already drawing four other books that month. Yeah, 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 chain, yeah. Chain, chain smoking the whole time. And what so if was probably on the bottom of the list of things to get done. As I said, that, that what if, uh, what if the Avengers formed in the fifties? Yeah, that, is that that was uh, that's the one that's in the Agents of Atlas. Yeah, it was a uh, former guest of Around Comics, Don Glute. Yes, wrote that. And imagine nowadays if like everyone went to pick up an issue and there's also my favorite thing is old comics where the company would print a letter explaining why the book went to 12 cents from 10 cents like an apologetic letter about like hey this is why we're doing it and nowadays um, they they, hide it they they slowly (laughs) sneak it up on you nowadays they say it's because not enough of you are buying (laughs) (laughs) and then I think it's followed with an unspoken suck it bitches no I Actually, actually, this last week, I got home, read Thor, and I was like, man, that was really good. Turned it over. Motherfuckers! Oh, <laughs> damn, they got me! Did Son you not know it was three ninety nine? No, I did not know it was three ninety. dollars I was like, oh, uh, oh they got you, my friend. Bastards. What? Yeah, you, you got tricked. I did, I get. You I just got, you got tricked in the game. I got thored. It's Chicago. It's not Chicago. This portion of Around Comics is brought to you by Netflix. Right now you can start a free two-week trial by going to www.netflix.com slash aroundcomics. At Netflix, you'll find over 100,000 titles to choose from, including classics and new releases as well as TV series. Plans start from as low as $4.99 per month, and you can keep each movie as long as you want with no late fees ever. Netflix has free shipping both ways, and you can expect your next selection to be delivered in about one business day. Free shipping? Gee, Chris, that's that's just great. Now you can watch some movies and TV series over the internet for no extra charge. Use I use this service with my Xbox 360 and personal laptop and love it. So head over to www.netflix.com slash aroundcomics and get started with your free trial today. Woohoo! Do it now! 
Okay, you were saying that before. Is that a breaking point for you for some of your titles then, or when you were saying uh, that? Well, yeah. I mean, I kind I did enjoy the new Thor stuff, but I was like, man, I'm not I'm not gonna pay four bucks. Yeah, four bucks for it. Oh, yeah, now, are you, you on board it. for Wednesday Comics? Yes. Excellent. Yes. I think yeah, so. That's amazing. It, yeah, it, it's, I think the art. It's uh, a, it's oversized. It's. Yeah, it's gonna be cool. Yeah, it's one version be. to pin on your wall and one to keep in the collection. It's I don't know. No, I don't do that <laughs> shit anymore. No. It's no, it's. I, bucks, Jim. Yeah, I was gonna say, okay, Mister Moneybags. Eight bucks. Eight dollars <laughs> with the comics. But no, no, it, 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 yeah, the Wednesday comics looks looks beautiful. No, I'd, I'd pay th- I'd pay three fifty for some image stuff and three ninety for some. I I just didn't like Thor enough to like be like I'm gonna drop four bucks on these store issues now. So, I mean, it's a factor, but there's, like, independent titles I pay three ninety nine for, but oh, I like them enough you to would, pay you would, you would, you, thing you, to say. Yeah. You would, karma you would spend, like, four bucks on I Kill Giants, you know? Oh, yeah, because yeah. it, totally, it was totally worth it. I mean, I like Thor. I mean, there are superhero books I would pay three ninety nine for because I like reading them enough mm-hmm. that, you know, I love Justice Society. I would probably pay three ninety nine to read Justice Society. Thor, I don't love enough to pay three ninety nine for. Is, so. is uh, Black and black and white or color a, a, a deal breaker as far as price for you i mean would you pay uh, i don't oh, yeah. it doesn't really bother me i think it's more enjoyment level than it is um yeah any of any of those yeah color black and white or page count may have a little bit to do with it it's it's hard for me to justify four dollars for a 22 page comic yeah page count yeah. fits into it if it's like oversized i can in my head be like yeah 3.99 is okay yeah and it's, it's it goes it's like know. razzle i'd spend four bucks on razzle oh, yeah. yeah you know it's, it's because it's an awesome it's because it's awesome yeah time travel dimensional travel tale it's <laughs> It's weird. Oh yeah, it's weird. New issue comes out next week. Does it really? Yep, number four. See that that that's hard for me because I, my first experience with Razzle was buying that beautiful oversized collection of the first three issues. Yep, that one right up there. Um, it, oh, nice. it it's absolutely it was. Get ready to wait. Then I know. You're start I know. The single issues. I'm get like, do wait. I do I want to get the single issues, knowing that they'll they'll be a follow up? You know, over I bought both because it's worth it. Yeah. The crazy thing though so is many. the funny thing with that though is it was only ever supposed to come out four times a year. Okay, and it came out three times in one year, which I you know, that's like it's not great. But I remember the first between the first issue and the second issue when it took a couple months, people were like. It's already off its monthly schedule. It's like it was never it supposed was never to come out. It's never schedule. supposed to come out monthly. It's supposed to come out four times a year. Sigh. <laughs> monthly expectations. Yeah, monthly expectations. I was like, no, it's supposed to come out four times a year. Granted, if you're aiming for four times a year and you only get three out, that is. Oh, the, 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 it's not the greatest thing in the world. But if it were baseball, kick-ass batting average. Seventy-five percent is awesome. <laughs> yeah, you go in the Hall of Fame with that. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Oh yeah. Um, speaking of something that's been on a, on an odd schedule. That we had a little uh, little news about. Uh, if you had been uh, reading Billy Batson and uh, Shazam, the the Mike Kunkel, I was. Um, he's still doing it. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like it's going to be four, maybe five times a year. But that is now going to be a monthly book and about nine-ish issues a uh, a year are going to be done by Franco and Art Baltazar. Oh, good for them. Yeah. Cool. 
So the the, the, ti- the tiny titans guys are going to be... Uh, are expanding their empire. Yes, they are. Pretty and soon your kids are only going to be reading our Balthazar books. Only. I'm okay with that. Yeah. yeah, and then he will like trick them into sending stealing money from you. <laughs> Subliminal <laughs> messages Shazam said in the to take money from Dad. <laughs> well, that, that, see, that, that, that super that, sales? That, <laughs> that's the plan, is that they're going to use the uh, the secret code in the uh, in the Billy Bats and Shazam to... Uh, yeah, because adults won't take the time to solve decode the, the decode, oh, but the code actually says take, take a one, dollar one, from your parents. Yeah. No, no, it. they're aiming at take, take $100 from your mom's billfold and mail it, it to... Shazam <laughs> at Baltazar's address. And uh, uh, congratulations to, uh, to Art and Franco for their Eisner nomination for uh, Best Children's Comic. Nice. Yes. Nice. So for Tiny Titans. So there's a little little news from the Chicago peeps. I think that's good luck from being on the show. I, I believe so. It was. It was announced right after that. So um, you, you, Mr. Mr. Bryant, you, I'm looking at you, you are a, um, a, a Eisner-nominated comic book creator. Yes. That was exciting. Uh, it was actually, this is a good transition because... Um, the year that I was nominated, That's what I was working for. Okay, you see how that worked. The year was I was nominated oh. for the Eisner, um, 2005 for for best webcomic was the year that uh, your other guest o- across from me uh, was nominated as the Russ Manning Best Newcomer Award. Wait, so we have two Eisner nominated creators at the table today? Yes, and then the year after, right back at Steve, who was then <laughs> nominated for the Russ Manning the next year. Wow. That's so um, you have you have I'm feeling a little I've never been nominated for anything. No. I knew I don't you know. have like three time losers between us. Well, I don't know about you, Susan Lucci's. Yes, <laughs> I don't know about you, but I knew when I saw the program when my book was spelled wrong that I knew I wasn't going to be the one. They spelled the probably not a good chance. So I'm going to be wrong on the trophy. So that's wrong. Well, well, Jim. But besides um, the fact that I know that Steve is a big fan of your work and, and you guys are friends, we are unfamiliar with your work. So, what were you nominated for? Uh, I was nominated uh, for the Russ Manning, uh, which was the m- most promising new- <laughs> newcomer. And uh, I don't know. I w- Tell me about the book. Well, oh, the- wait, wait, wait a second. He was nominated. I think we deserve some applause for that. Thank you. Back. I- thank you. Thank you. No, seriously, seriously. But yeah, so that Hillary, um, Hillary just woke up. <laughs> Come on, what's going on? Hold on. It's not false humility. He is. You know, this guy's a Sharks. nice guy, but that's that's a, that's an achievement. Sharks. And Sharks, the Sharks and the Jets. Sorry, we were talking about West Side Story. Continue, <laughs> continue with your show. That wasn't me, man. When does your podcast air, Hillary? That's <laughs> <laughs> your podcast. Put your pants on, please. So, Mr. Heffron, continue. So, yeah, I was... It was for uh, the book Territory 51, which was my first book. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And, um, yeah, I, that came out, the first part of it came out in 2004, uh, the second part in 2005, but I uh, loved doing it. After, after I did it, I was hooked. I had to keep keep uh, cranking out some books, so I'm, a, I'm an indie publisher and proud of it. So. And what are you working on these days? Uh, I have a book that just uh, was just solicited uh, in the April previews uh, called It Tolls for Thee. And uh, kind of a medieval zombie little romp, I guess you could describe it. But, um, you know, not, not I, I think as, as Territory 51, I've, I've, you know, I kind of went in this sci fi western direction. This is a little bit of a, you know, supernatural mixed with, uh, 
you know, Templar Knights and that kind of thing. So it, yeah. it's just a, a way of flexing some creative muscle, I guess. It's, it, it was a lot, lot, lot of fun. So Zombie Knights with swords. Yes. I'm there. Well, it... Um, Sex say, it up a bit. Sex up. Come on. Okay. Mm. It, uh, yeah, I, it, it, I think is, uh, is one of those sort of tales where it's... Um, well, do you guys want to take a, take a look at yeah, some of the yeah, preview yeah. pages here? This translates well us. on audio. He's showing, he's showing us. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Oh, sure. Now, some high octane. While these guys are getting set up, Sorry. I'm going to jump in and, and pimp Jim yeah. a little bit. His company is called Law Dog Comics, L-A-W-D-O-G Comics. So. Law Dog. Because he left that but, off. So. Yeah. I'm doing it in kind of a widescreen format. Did you guys... Uh, do you guys remember Rocchetto? Yes. Oh, I love Rocchetto. Yeah, yeah. Frank, Frank Espinosa. Yeah, so I'm trying to, you know, it's kind of uh, uh, playing with a little bit of a different format. I really mm-hmm. like the, uh, if you ever remember Oni Spaghetti Western too, they kind of did this sort of six by nine in a, in a widescreen. And I really, 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 you know, fell in love with doing sort of a, a widescreen book. And what was the uh, the Mike Lark book, uh, the Batman book oh, that, that the he Nine did? Nine Lives was yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, Batman Nine yeah. Lives. Loved that, and I just really wanted to try something different, kind of out of the box, and uh, working. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm I'm trying to meld the various art parts with some some interesting design and distressed pages, and kind of have the sort of the old old fashioned kind of a look, like a. This uh, sounds challenging. <laughs> that's good that's good that's good tom that's good for me now are you are you self-publishing this yeah i uh um it's it's through my own imprint um mm-hmm. i am doing a book kind of an ongoing project with radical comics are you guys familiar with yeah yeah absolutely yeah i've heard uh, the name a book what's called, the name of that book that book is called feast of fools and feast it's about of fools what a great name thanks it's about uh <laughs> That just jumps right out at you. It it does. It's uh, about vampires taking over a prison, and um, yeah, it's sort of a work in progress. We'll see when when the, that comes out. Prison but, vampires, zombie nights. It's it just whatever comes to mind. It's got to go onto a hooker pa- onto were- page. Hooker werewolves. Uh, I'm, I'm oh that. shit! I have to I have to give you credit for that. Uh, Hooker werewolves is a stupid idea, hey, Chris. Oh, we'll never make a beer. You guys keep talking. That sounds great. That sounds great. <laughs> Hillary's on a beer run. God uh, help oh, us. He's aggressive. Quit hiding yeah, your white Hillary, sa- Hillary decides to leave when the word hooker comes up. Yeah, so. yeah. Like, oh, He'll be back in 20, that's 25 minutes. That's the next the street where the hookers are. <laughs> hooker werewolf. That reminds me. Here suit. No, it's I believe would be the term for his his hooker. nice. It's interesting because I haven't seen too many things since because uh, I really enjoyed Ricketto when it came out in, in that uh, in that style. But I can't I, I can't remember too many other things since then that have sort of gone with that uh, uh, that same style. The oblong, yeah. The ob the oblong. Oblong. When they say it's it's kind of a risky, especially from a, a retail standpoint. Well, it's, hard, it's hard to shelf. Yeah, and and in fact, Diamond they've been really really supportive initially they were a little resistant to the idea for those reasons and when i when i sent them the, the project they were like we're doing it you know it, mm-hmm. so i i felt i felt i felt confident in well it's it. nice that you got the blessing of the distributor yeah, yeah you what might, a messed up world we live in. <laughs> <laughs> well and i think too in, in this don't cur- blow up a spot dude <laughs> well and i think too you look at the the current previews and just how much thinner it is and mm-hmm. it's it's it is becoming more of a challenge, I guess, for the, especially the indie guys, guys like me who, I mean, I do it for the love of doing it, and, you know, it's 
it's at generally a loss to me, but you know, I'm still going to do it. And that was the mentality going into the beginning. You know, you come up with an idea, you think, Hey, this would make a great comic idea. Could I ever, you know, could I actually pull this off? And, you know, and I think it, especially in the last say 10 years, it just hasn't been an easy thing for anyone, even in, in comics to, you know, make a living at it. So to, to try and break in with something in the indie world was, was definitely a risk, but I think, you know, um, Steve's in that in a category, and I'd say that, you know, I like to think that I am too. Where, you know, now in in this age, if you can do graphic design, if you can do the various pieces, you can make it happen. You don't have to necessarily say, you know, please, will you publish my book? You can say, you know what, I think if you, no one's interested, I'm going to do it myself and 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 let it ride, see what happens. And, sure. You know, I think for Territory 51, I was at this crossroads where I was like. I'm in a window in my life. I'm either going to try this or regret it and wish the rest of my life I did try it. And, you know, I was thinking, hmm, do I want to buy a house or start up a publishing company? So, you know. Well, houses aren't worth shit now. And comics are a much <laughs> less, less risky investment. Yeah, exactly. Every, you, you made the right choice, my friend. Well, it's, it, it's an upside down world whenever uh, publishing a comic is less risky than buying a house. But What's the government it? won't Here give you are. a rebate on publishing comics. No. We need to get some of this fucking stimulus money into the comic book industry. <laughs> Let's get it. Oh, yeah. Come on. I'm all for it. Obama's a comics fan. Yeah, what, <laughs> Obama, yeah Obama but as far as we know, he's only he's a Marvel zombie. He doesn't even read anything. No, he reads Conan. There's Conan. probably only the Co- the Marvel the Marvel Conan. 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 Yeah, I mean he probably he doesn't look past the first half of previews. Can you can you imagine Obama going into his comic shop every Wednesday and say, "Is previews out?" There's an Obama variant cover for It Tolls for Thee, I should mention. Of course that, right? there is. <laughs> of course. Uh, of course <laughs> Zombie is. medieval night Obama. Actually, you can thank Sal for his Obama-related thing that bumped my ad to the left-hand page when I really wanted the right in previews, but, you know, that's for a different time. Who did? Sal, isn't Sal... Uh, oh, Abenati? Yeah. yeah. Oh. The, Ob- the Obama thing on the right bumped, bumped me, but anyway. That's <laughs> I really wanted the right-hand page. But, damn it, uh, damn Why it, did you Abinati? want the right-hand page? Well, Flip when, factor. Yeah. When you're flipping through... Going from the back, the right-hand page is always the... Are you going to back us up? Um, in the front, no in the front half of the book, um, in the front half of the book, you want the um, left-hand page. In the back half of the book, you want the... No, See? in the front half of the book, you want the right-hand page. In the back half of the book, you want the left-hand so page. If I pick oh, you up, think oh. so? So then tell us... Because pe- pe- people flip from <laughs> back to front, if it's and so if it's in the back of the book, you see the left-hand page. So how do you go if you're game planning to be on one half of the book? How do you? How does that work? You send him a box of chocolates, and you say, "Please put me on this side." So you just ask to be put on a. How does yeah. it work? You yeah, just you just ask? ask, and if they can accommodate, I think it depends on who has how many ad pages and how many spreads, and you know what's going to get bumped where. And you know, in the in the current state of of comics and and and, and and dealing with and dealing with Diamond, is it? Is it easier for you to sell your books at conventions or out of the back of a, a, a truck or what's it? It's a little of both. I think for the, you know, for, I think for me initially out of the gates, I felt like there were certain things I had to do, um, like do a full page color ad and previews, do some, do some things that you kind of go, oh man, I don't know if I can afford that. I really was just sort of planning for, you know, this part of it and this mm-hmm. part of it. 
and I think you know, you, if you want to be taken seriously, there's just I think there's a sort of a minimum requirement of what you have to bring to the table for someone. There's even a threshold a to being taken. Well, yeah, to and a certain I, level. And I think you know, I think of comic fans as the type of fan that I am, and I'm, and you know, if there's going to be something that's going to be, and, and retailers too, I think so many of them were burned with some. With some stuff, especially in the '90s, that was just you know you're going. I have to try and get them to want to buy this too, and so I feel like there's that. The shows are important, but the whole the whole thing, you know, making good on anybody that write, you know, every last email, any question, everything, just you know, embrace everybody that that would take a chance on the book, you know, and and even for the, you know, I think there's we have some times when we were in San Diego, you know, you're going around to the various retailers and. I think one specifically took you know took the book and threw it on the on the floor in his booth area, and you're thinking, you know, am I going to try and do that again? Can I get that yeah. copy? Back? <laughs> right, I, I guess maybe I sell mean, that to somebody. Or. Yeah, you've you've got to keep doing that though yeah. because I know nobody likes the idea that you have to pre-order stuff sight unseen three months before it comes yeah. out. But you know that's all we can do at this point. I, it would be great to be able to change the system, but you can't. So you've got to court the retailers, you've got to court readers, you've got to you know remind them that pre-ordering is the lifeblood of you know independent comics, because if orders don't come through, sometimes these books just won't happen. Yeah, just I sound like the PBS pledge drive. Mm-hmm. Please, uh, if you, <laughs> you pre-order, if you pre-order this book, you will get a tote bag. <laughs> actually, Jim will come to your house and clean your windows. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, I am a ter- I am a terrible human being. I have never pre-ordered a book. Really? Ever, never but once. You have a kick-ass store, so I that's a, a different story. Well, I have a pull list, and and Mark is pull a, list is pre-ordering. Well, okay, then then I pre-order because I have a, I have a pull list, but I've never like gone through previews and said, yeah, yeah, you ma- shameful ass. You, know. <laughs> you say you well, like comics, <laughs> yeah, you piece of garbage. But you know, I I have a great shop owner that I mean, he knows that whenever the Athena of Altair Black Coat uh, one shot comes out, he knows that that there are going to be people in the store that are going to buy that. And so I didn't have to worry about pre-ordering it because I knew it was going to be here. Right. And, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it, it just seems like so much of the onus has been put on the actual comic book consumer to drive, not, not consumer sales, but like pre-consumer sales, which is, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's insanity. It's completely stupid, but that's unfortunately the machine that we have to work with. Um, you know, because I there are so many stores where, when I was trying to pitch a book, mm-hmm. um, you know, people couldn't get it through their store because the guy didn't pre-order. Yeah, he didn't. Wouldn't didn't, pre-order yeah, it. Yeah, didn't. They, you could even didn't bring it. Didn't order it. Yeah, you could yeah. even bring in the number, the pay, you know, the page from previews, the order number, all of that stuff, and the book still wouldn't make it. So it's an uphill battle, and I know it's it it feels really awkward to ask people to pre-order this book yeah you know yeah. you make previews available online and stuff like that but it'll be good well, i mean it'll yeah, be good. It's, trust me it's hard for the consu- it's hard for the consumer <clears throat> to to make a um you know an educated uh decision by not you know not having a uh there's not uh, too many things where you are asked to like decide before you've seen something right like whether it's worth yeah, spending you know. Spending like, I money heard th- I heard this band was really good. Pre-order their CD. You yeah, know, I mean, there's not, there's not too many avenues in which that happens, but but uh, I think as a cre- as a creator and an indie as an indie publisher too, you have to provide you know that person with enough information up front, yeah. whether it be preview pages or something where they can get a good look at yeah. you know yeah. good look at what 
and say, hey, this you know this this looks like anything that that Dark Horse Image, whoever does, yeah. I'm I'm in. I'm, do, you, do you have a preview? I do actually. <laughs> I, it's at uh, www.law.comics.net, and I have a 12-page preview of this book. Nice. And, but I think you know you have to you have to give them enough too where they're going to say. Hey, you know, I look at the these guys. I look at what they've done. They've done mainstream stuff. I think for the our book, it tells for the. I mean, Jason Malay's colored fear agent. He's done Teen Titans. He's done. Oh, you got that hack working on it. I he is a hack too. Uh, <laughs> now we love but, Jason. Jason's great. But yeah, I, I think you have. You know, you got to bring you got to bring the talent to the book. I mean, I think you think of some indie bad indies in the past, and. It's, it had a you know Adam Hughes cover, and then you looked inside. It was like, mm-hmm. ooh, what? Mm-hmm. You know, I can't believe I bought this based on. And I mean, you got to carry it through. It's got to be a quality product, you know, start to finish. But even when we were talking about price before, and I think you know Steve and I have talked endlessly about what's the price point you can shoot for for an indie versus say right. a mainstream. What who, you know what what prices you out of someone giving you a chance, you know? And I think you know for territory for this for anything I'm I'm going to do, I can't look at it as bottom line dollars of what this is going to create i have to look at it as every time i do a book i'm going to try and invite in a new reader will they take a chance on me and price it according to that hey there folks i wanted to make sure that if you're going to be in the chicago or chicagoland area this saturday may 2nd for free comic book day that you add challengers comics and conversation and dark tower comics onto your list of shops to visit a uh, great reason to do so because at challengers comics from 12 o'clock to three o'clock image founder eric larson will be signing uh, you can find challengers comic conversation at 1845 northwestern avenue and then at dark tower comics they're going to have have a host of some of our favorite creators, including Mike Norton, Tim Seeley, Sal Abinati, Chris Burnham, Tony Akins, and Jeffrey Brown. And Dark Tower, of course, is located at 4835 Northwestern Avenue. So if you're going to be in Chicago, drop on by either, or even better, both of our favorite stores in Chicago. Uh, hopefully, we'll see you there. Back to the mess with a up machete. of a boxcar Follow the dotted line I have to say uh, we talked about Athena Voltaire Mm -hmm. Black Coat I did enjoy that one shot Yes I did Quite a bit as well well. Thank you Uh, Some copies have been misplaced at a diamond warehouse What? So we're still waiting So if your store has told you it's been cancelled we're trying to get that resolved which, um, speaking of price points, too, two that, bucks. That's a great way if you're gonna if take a chance on uh, something new. That's it. And it's cool because I really like Black Coat a lot, and I like Athena Voltaire, and it is a nice story to introduce uh, to introduce both characters, and it ties in together. It's just yeah, well, it was, it was very it's a very smart. well, very well done story. Your kickback will be paid out after thank the you. show. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, it's but, no, thank you. <laughs> what? I want to talk a little bit about your guys' influences. Uh, you know, we've we've had Steve on before, and and you're extremely influenced by by um, pulp and pulp comics, and you know the Shadow and Green Hornet, and I know that you're loving the Green Hornet right now. Oh so. yeah, I'd kill to do that book. Yeah. Oh, I know you. 
you have killed to do that book. Shh. I just haven't found the bodies what, yet. What book do you refer to? <laughs> As Jim has a green hornet shirt on. Dynamite, we need uh, Steve Bryant on the green hornet. <laughs> Let Steve Bryant draw a green hornet. Uh, but Jim, what are, what are some of your comic book influences? I would say uh, Neil Adams is really my, my comic god of gods. Who's your guy? Yeah. And, uh, you know... <laughs> Jim Nelson, who's over uh, to the right, and and Steve and I and our sort of core group of buddies all sort of geek out for the same guys. Dave it's, Stevens. It's it's, it's Stevens. It's Garcia Lopez. It's mm-hmm. uh, no Jim will go. I, I'm I'm going to start this story because this is the funniest story. He'll go to links. He'll actually travel the earth <laughs> in search of obscure guys that may have done one or two pages for Continuity Studios. I'm not kidding. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah uh, uh, maybe a month back, I got a call from him, and we're in the middle of our conversation, and he starts a sentence with the phrase, I was on Filipino eBay the other day. Oh, no. And I'll, oh, let, no. I'll let him fill you in on no, this. Yeah, I didn't a, realize there was a specific Filipino, Filipino eBay. eBay. <laughs> that, that was my first thought. And how the fuck did he find it? <laughs> Continuity and Studios. If it's somebody you like, and you know, you go to the you you go to the ends of the earth to try and track down their stuff, I guess. But Nestor Infante, where's your stuff? <laughs> <laughs> on your pages. If you're listening, please send send, send me info. I need to get old. Send of your me stuff. a link. I need send to get old. Of your stuff. I almost picked up the Neil Adams illustrates the DC Universe book, uh, except I picked the Walt Simonson Thor one instead. Mm-hmm. Was it, I was going to get both. It's like Sophie's like, Choice. It was tough. I cried. Uh, I, there were, I there held were tears both in my shed. hands, and I stood in the, the shop for like an hour, just like oh, oh Neil Adams, if it the wasn't o- for your faux science and the owner, think. yeah, if it wasn't for your hollow earth theory. And he uh, looked at he and the shop owner looked at me and said, like, "Are you okay?" And I'm like, "No, I don't know which one to go. I don't know which one to go with." Help me! Help me decide. You know, a, uh, um, uh, Andy Parks has a great uh, a great blog. And uh, you go there, and he has great uh, uh, inking tips, and and talks about you know uh, different artists, and and does a really nice job of of uh, explaining and and deconstructing some of the classic artists. And he had um, before and after uh, pages from some of Neil Adams' uh, Batman stuff from the original release, and then the stuff that he has gone back and touched up and kind of reworked for the reprints. And I'm, I'm really on the fence about this, and I know that some people just lose their minds over the new coloring on them. Yeah. And I, sometimes it works for me, sometimes it doesn't. I, I actually kind of, this is heresy to a lot of Neil Adams fans, but I kind of like some of the new, the new coloring. Not all of it, but I like what? some of it. But he has, com- he has redrawn panels and faces, and the, how do you feel about? How do you feel about reworking classic stuff for reprints? I've, I've had this same argument with people about like essentials <laughs> or like showcases about whether stuff should be in black and white. I, I often hear people say the thing like, oh, that's not how it was originally intended. And I'm like, when does anything ever come out right. as original? Like, what's your criteria for originally intended by whom? Yeah. Because. Yeah. Any step, anytime someone touches it, it's going to change from whoever had it previously's intention to it. So you can say a black and white comic 
was that, you know, if I read Howard the Duck in black and white, I think that's a hell of a lot closer to how Gene Colan wanted it to look than I would right. say that the original colored comics were. Sure. You know, it, it's, I think it's a, it's a, uh, judging it by intention, like the purest view, I think sometimes is a little, uh, a little misguided. Now, if you're going to judge it based solely on quality, like, does it look better? Does it, you know, is it, I think that's a, a far better test of whether this stuff, you know, is worth retouching because uh, the you will see people say like, oh, I I can't read the Jonah Hex um, showcase because it's oh, black I, and white. Oh, and I like, love it the looks, Jonah Hex I'm sorry, it showcase. looks better than the right. bad coloring. Not I shouldn't say bad because it's limited, limited, the, the, limited the, the to limited, what they could yeah, do at the, the time. The era, yeah. the, limited to what they could do at the time. That it looks that is what the the guy who drew it probably wanted it to look like right you now at the at the time when you were t- when you were talking about Neil Adams I think if you're okay if you're the the purist that has to have you know your Adams as it was I mean I have uh, some a collection of black and white versions that were done in e- England which are all in black and white yeah. so you could see all his cool zip tone and all the effect mm. stuff and <clears throat> you know that's great for your your art guy for you know someone that maybe doesn't know who Neil Adams this essential stuff that's recolored you think. That's probably a good way to, to to bring them up, you know, and say you got to check out, you know, one of the greats. And, and what and what well, volumes were they retouching? The um, go go to Andy's blog. Um, just uh, Google Andy Parks, and it was um, God, was it like there was a, was it like a Neil Adams Batman? Yeah, yeah. Well, there, there, there was the there was the three volumes that he had, uh, the the Denny O'Neill Neil Adams uh, Batman. Okay, yeah. It was and, the, I remember it was the stories for. Do you guys remember the Power Records that? The, I love the, the power records. records. Yeah, it's it's those stories. It was the I know. I'm getting the look as I I can I'll go into all the specific panels if you want. No. <laughs> stop. Steve's like stop. Please don't go any further. But no, this uh, amuses me. But so so they, they they've touched up like the inking and the coloring. Uh, no, I mean there 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 are panels that are basically redrawn. Um, like like interesting. Yeah, yeah the, there was one in particular of Superman where it's his his he's looking in a completely different direction and his head had been completely redrawn. I think there's also an element to it that you can't you can't uh, undo what's been done. Like you can go back and redo something, but it, it exists. And, and I, I mean, think like, I think Andy made a, a nice point on his blog that I kind of agree with. I would rather than seeing Neil Adams spend time going back and um, turning redrawing. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, going back yeah. and and embellishing or redoing stuff that's that's twenty or thirty years old. You know, it's like, God damn it, Neil, draw a new Batman story, right? You know, it's I, yeah, because I always think of those pages he has at. at the shows in new york and san diego it's uh, this batman right the bat batman odyssey is that the book and i'm thinking the one he's been talking about for years yeah yeah it's oh just love to see it though That's, yeah. what, do, what do you think of like reprint volumes like black and white from originals or just like any of the repackaged stuff i love the black and white from originals yeah. like, like jim was saying the uh you know being able to to see the the art geek in me just looks at yeah. it and i can i can Stare at the craft involved in the line art, but when when, when we lock, when when we talked to John Byrne, got a couple of years ago, he uh, he loved the uh, uh, the X Men 
uh, essentials, right? Yeah. yeah, Marvel's the essentials. Uh, he said it was it was it was truer to what he and you know Terry Austin you know, truer to the art that they had done than what was originally printed. Yeah. Now you know uh, to Marvel's credit, the um, uh, the the omnibus and the masterworks and all that kind of stuff has been recolored from you know from scratch, and so there was a lot of really muddy, uh, limited of the time color that. Uh, really was not very nice and they've gone back and they they've kept with the very limited color palette they just clean stuff up actually uh uh west wesley wong who is a chicago and does a lot of recoloring for for the the omnibus and the and the masterwork i, I stuff. think I, I think what you said was really interesting because i am I'm, I'm a huge flash fan and i have a lot of i have a lot of silver age issues and i've bought the showcases and the difference between looking at the Infantino like art without the coloring over the top of it compared to the coloring, obviously there's there's going to be qualities lost to certain things because when you deal with superheroes, obviously big bright colors are extremely important to what draws people to it. It's, hard, it's, hard, it's hard to read a Green Lantern showcase and they and always see. say what's yellow though. Oh, okay, they, okay. They, they, they say it out loud like twenty times. But it's, it's that bus is yellow. But it's really interesting because you look at when you look at it separated from color. There's sometimes you get these really weird panels where you're like, wow, that doesn't look like like a superhero panel. It looks like it's like this really moody, like weird panel that's separate from like a yellow background with you know red coloring. It, it looks yeah. really. And it, it's interesting because when I, you know, when I was a kid, I, I was never big into art until I've gotten older and have like started becoming more interested in like looking at the art. And I, I've, I've really enjoyed the black and white books. You know, even though they're not ex- perfect pencil reproductions, having it separated from that color, I'm like, whoa. You know, sometimes you see things yeah. that you wouldn't have picked out previously from it it's so funny because I, I think about the comics that i read as a kid and i think of them as being so colorful and so bryant is so um so bryant, bryant. yeah there's so a, steve bryant so they're so steve bryant um so Thank colorful you. and so vibrant and then i go back and i look at you know go dig through long boxes and i pull them out and it's like the coloring on this is terrible <laughs> this looks like shit and and it's nowhere near what i remember them being like as, as a kid and uh, and remember enjoying them so much. So I, I think definitely our, our taste in in comics coloring has changed over the years. And you know I look at like old X Men, you know the old Byrne, Claremont, Terry Austin stuff, and I would rather read those in black and white than the color that was available at the time. Not just the color, but I mean that was the real newsprint where you'd have like yeah. chunks of wood. Yeah, in there, yeah. and I mean the stuff that the showcase and the essentials are on isn't actual newsprint, right? It's better. Yeah, you're you're holding a lot more of a line to it. Yeah, and yeah, I'd rather look at that than you know a glob of ink and go, oh, I think that was Iris West. Oh, I mean, I like, mean, Col- Colin stuff in the in the Howard the Duck essentials is breathtaking. The, and, the stuff the, in the showcase stuff, the paper in that's really nice white, yeah, bright paper and some like. Uh, I was reading the Challengers of the Unknown one. It's a good like, showcase. I'm like, well, I'm like, this is a pretty nice paper and nice black and white. Mm-hmm. It, it looks good on it. I'm always, and I, I'm always, you know, when I'm like telling people, oh, if you want to read old comics, you know, the essentials and showcases, they're, they're a good way to go. Oh, I can't read something in black and white. Well, it's like yes, you can, you can. separate <laughs> yourself. So you can separate yourself a little bit from your 
No, oh, I look yeah. at Hillary, like, shaking his head at me. You can't read something in black and white? What does that mean? <laughs> yeah. I know, it's like, Hillary's I re- gonna get it means I refuse to read something in black and white. Uh, a son of a friend of mine once said they couldn't watch, or they didn't want to watch, movies in black and white because they move too slow. As if there was something about Slower, color. Yeah. That <laughs> yeah, the color speeds things up. Well, like uh, the uh, the House of Mysteries, uh, I... I at this point, I can't imagine those not being in black and white because that's the only way that I've read them. And you, God, you want to talk about some great Filipino artists? Good oh. lord! Yeah, I was gonna. The I was gonna say for your point before about like the Burn Austin stuff. I think when when you're talking about repackaging some of that stuff, you know, with the modern coloring that we have in comics now, I think there's an area too where you can't go on some of those things because when they were doing it, the end game was what they knew was going to be printed. And sure. I think of the inks, I think of the Austin stuff, especially sold, it's sold lush, that you, you color it how they color books today, and it's going to look so impossibly over-rendered, you're going to be like, I can't even look at this. It's going to look like a, a Finch page with like a thousand it's gonna it's gonna be over the top well yeah, yeah. and you think of you think of all the stuff on the on the racks now where the coloring is really really sophisticated now try and picture that stuff in the black and white you're talking about you can't because there's not it enough of the line it there's would never in a thousand years work on on like a, a flash book from 1962 just because it was never designed it's not designed to to be like that you know it's not things aren't laid out to have that sort of level of like coloring, yeah. I think the crap. I mean, the. I think that's why you look at the old school illustrators, and that's why there's just so much to learn from there by anyone that wants to do comics now, because those guys were amazing. They could draw, and you were saying Ross Andrew, but could draw everything. He could draw every last little, you know. Yeah, well, it's crazy to you know when I was talking about people bitching about Ross Andrew drawing the Flash instead of Infantino on those issues, and it's really funny because you see, you know, the difference. And it's obviously it played up in a certain way to kids at the time, but when you look at it like from a more adult point of view, you see Infantino draws like future stuff, awesome. Everything is sleek, and every like he draws things they look fast and thin and fast. And you yeah. see Andrew, and Andrew's stuff is a bit more bulky, but he's busting like the panel borders. There's like people's feet sticking into the next one, like something you would never see Infantino would you know would not have drawn he wasn't going to do that he wasn't going to do that he was going to draw things a certain way and you know obviously when you're a kid you probably have some sort of subconscious guttural reaction to how you anticipate something looks because you think this looks like this and then your your reaction to that is like oh you know it's bad because someone's (laughs) challenged you know and this is not, not what it's supposed to look like if you're not able to articulate what it is about something that is different to you it can come out as like oh he's a bad bad artist on it but yeah i mean some of those black and white books like uh the house of mystery stuff and howard the duck howard the duck like reading that stuff in black and white i was just like that wow you know, i'm like whoa that is uh you know when they came out with the omnibus i was like yeah i don't even really need to buy it like but the omnibus, <laughs> like the omnibus i'm like but the omnibus is really nice it's oh, I, of course I have, you I have, have it of course uh, i do You know, you're you're talking about the Challengers um, yeah. showcase, and I mean that's 
Wally Wood inking Jack Kirby. Yeah. Which is like... <laughs> an art book. Yes, yeah. it's, it's an art book. And my favorite Kirby is actually the Sky Masters of the Space Force newspaper strip that... Um, oh, I'm, I can't... Uh, can't remember greg theakston's publishing company collected all that and it's kirby ink by wood just wow. it's right around the same period as yeah. the challenger stuff oh, that stuff's awesome it's out of print now but it's just beautiful and you know it should be in black and white so to look at it, yeah i think it's just i think it's it's really interesting how uh, fans put not necessarily in a bad way put their own like sort of value judgment on what is like the minimum threshold for like it needs it needs to it needs to be in color it needs to be this way and that way where like you know you can separate yourself a little bit from that thing sometimes and be like i realize that the flash was printed in color you know like i'm not it doesn't negate the fact that it did but here's another way of looking at this book if you're interested in looking at the art is like separate it from that color and just look at you know how it was drawn when i think a good example of of maybe that now is this new we were we were geeking out over this Darwin uh, Parker thing. Oh, oh, oh yeah, oh, oh, the idea of just the one you know gun metal yeah. greenish tone through it, and you're just it's it's unbelievable. There's been a couple books that have uh, been if you super- don't buy. Darwin Cook's Parker, you don't like comics. What was the oh, other thing yeah, I read lately? That <laughs> that's going to be so, oh. so awesome. There was something else I read that had that same, not Casanova, that had that same very, like, same color. There was another image book, I want to say, that I read that had, like, an extreme... Oh, it was um, The Great Unknown by um, Duncan Rouleau. Had, like, a blue... It was only blues and, like, blacks, and it was, like, a very limited... Um, if you really, if you separated yourself from looking at the story and just looked at what the actual colors were on the page, it was not a wide, like, yeah, like a wide palette. Thank you, Hillary. But you're still going to have people who are going to check out and just not see, you know, a whole Skittles bag of colors, yeah. and they're going to bitch about it. You know, it's it's yes. Well, it's it's the kind it's the kind of thing where you know you see on a forum where people are saying, "What's more important to you, the writing or the art?" And I think for most of well, for most of them, the most important thing is if it's in color, if yeah. it's shiny, if it's shiny, they'll buy it. Yeah. But if it's you know Greg Rucka say writing a black and white book, like Queen and Country, they won't buy. You know what it. drove me insane? I was reading someplace where someone was complaining about uh, John Romita Jr.'s art and was like, it didn't look like how a person looks. And I was like, <laughs> I don't read. It was kind of it kind of twisted my head around because I was thinking about like. If you're reading a comic, to me, like, I never read comics because I wanted to read stories where people looked exactly like how people looked. Like, to me, that wasn't the end point of what I was doing was, like... I've never seen a person with a black outline around him, except for Chris. You know? Well, yeah, well, because Chris is, he's got issues. Well, there, he looks that. like a John Romita Jr. drawing. I do. Tons of lines. His, his knees and elbows are not well defined. But he's, he's got that kind of, he's got that. Sal's not here, so so somebody's somebody's got a rip on you. Somebody's got a rip on me. I tell I tell you what, guys. Um, uh, we I I would love to go on and on about this, but uh, we have uh, we have a few other things we want to talk about. I think that you might have some interesting insight into. Um, we got an interesting voicemail this week, and. uh, 
And if you would like to leave us a voicemail, you certainly can do so by calling 1-888-997-5903. And uh, let's uh, take a listen. So did you guys hear about this uh, 100th year one kerfuffle there last week? We did. Uh, how it like like, started shot it. up to number one in graphic novels and Amazon and number 10 in regular books. And uh, then there was a picture of Chavez giving Obama a copy of 100th year one. And uh, anyway, you can check it all out it's on a uh, photo. the Publishers Weekly uh, yeah. blog or redroom.com which was kind of weird and cool and uh, also um, if Green Lantern fans are known as Green Fanterns what should uh, Flash fans be known as I propose Flashers thank you good show intelligent men of good taste <laughs> <laughs> they'll be known as Caters Caters so there you go thank you uh, thank you for uh, for leaving us voice what do I think uh, of the Huntress thing well, well, uh, d- just to set this up for folks that um, kind of out of the blue uh, the Huntress trade paperback shot up the Amazon sales rankings. Why do we care? Well, yeah, it was... It was the number one selling graphic novel, and it was like the number ten book overall, okay. or something like that. Oh, so you're saying it, it was a cheap ploy like that hackneyed piece of shit, Cowboys and Aliens. Well, gotcha. Yes and no. First of all, I, I liked I liked Huntress Year One. I thought it was... I thought it, I thought it was a good story. I, I didn't read it. I was just taking a cheap shot at Cowboys and Aliens. Yeah, I know. It's I, I don't I don't want to lump them together because I, I really I really did like Huntress Year One. I, I think, thought I thought it was a good origin story. Blah blah blah. What what the deal was apparently, and this is this is unconfirmed. This is what I was able to find online is that the 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 writer Ivory Madison who wrote Huntress Year One um, bought a bunch of copies from Amazon, like a bunch of copies to send out to reviewers like us we actually received an email from uh from redroom.com which is handling her marketing and or i i guess her i don't i don't know the whole story but but redroom.com um contacted us and a lot of other bloggers and podcasts and said hey this is a good book let us know if you want a review copy. We'll send you one. What they had done, they had bought, I guess, all of their review copies at Amazon at once in one day. Well, right. and it shot it up. Smart, there. I guess. Yeah. I mean, yeah. See, that's, that's. I just don't understand why we care. Why yeah. does any? Why did? Why did all the? Why did the blogosphere suddenly care? It sounded like a pretty good with, business decision. We're going to buy a bunch of books from retailers to it. send people to yeah. to review. Okay. Yeah, I mean, if if you're not getting your comp copies or. If you can get a comparable price through Amazon instead of buying direct, you know, yeah. through your publisher with comp copies, why not? That's it, smart. It, it's it, people uh, maybe in theory saw it higher on the on the sales charts and said, "Hey, what's this Huntress Year One?" You know, the, the, and, no, I, I want to clarify. I did, I did not read Huntress. I just wanted to take a cheap shot. Uh, Cowboys yeah, yeah, Cowboys I think it's anyway. just it was up. it was good. I, I enjoyed. It was a good book. It's all it's it's all part of the fucking comic fandom's obsession with minutia and like yeah. caring about like why why is this number one? It's number one because they bought a bunch. Like what? <laughs> Like, what world do we live in where everyone's, like, sweating the obvious? Well, if... Like, what, okay, yeah, of course, they bought a bunch to give to people. Yeah, if, that's if, what if happens. If you bought a bunch of books, if you bought five books to give out yeah. as gifts to close personal friends, it is would this still kind of like a ma- Is this like a Madoff thing? 
It's it's like those, those weren't actually yeah, my he assets. Made off with oh, now see, fifty billion dollars. <laughs> you you start talking about real world <laughs> stuff, no, and I I'm, and I'm lost. I'm just books. <laughs> it's like it's uh, it's somebody bought a bunch of books from Amazon. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And if if you happen to have a hundred close personal friends you wanted to send books out to, it would count just as much, right? We Even have yeah. Gifts. What's, yeah. What's the background on this author? Is she a uh, Know, best-selling novelist. Um, I don't know. I think this was. She's written th- some novels. She's. I think she's. She is a novelist. I think. Yeah. So, I, I mean, th- maybe I that helps her profile and th- in, yeah. in the various. Yeah. Maybe it helps with. The next I just gig thought it was or, really funny. Like I thought it was a smart marketing business. I thought decision. it was funny reading people like um, coming up with these like conspiracy theories, and oh, I kept reading Lord. conspiracy theories. And I was like. It's not a conspiracy theory. That's like how you market your fucking yeah. book. Like. Right. No, that's, that's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's not a goddamn conspiracy. So, so, so all I'll say is that if if you are a Batman fan, if you are a fan of the Huntress character, and you read this 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 all this blog blow up and that turned you off, they don't, well, if it turned you off to the book, don't let it turn. Go check it out. Read it. it was, I enjoyed. There's ten thousand people talking about comic books, and there's four things to talk about. So you have to. It's either what just came out, what's coming out, um, uh, what's late. There's like four things to talk about, so everyone picks on one thing and then discusses it to fucking death. Like, like uh, if she bought a bunch of copies of Huntress, like it was some sort of fraud. It's like, yeah. oh come on, whatever. Here, so, t- here today, you know, gone today. Yeah, sort of. like a week from now. No, no. Yeah. Yeah. Hey man, you guys know it more than anyone. I mean, you have to, you have to carry a lot of water to get your book out there. And if if they had the ability to to buy a bunch of books from a, a discount retailer like Amazon and use them to market and promote the, you know, good 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 on them. That's well, yeah, I, agree. I think you too. You know, you look at. Well, I'm going to refer to indie stuff, but. You know, one of the the things I, you know, when I first did the first the first issue, I realized after the fact that you know that issue was good for maybe the month it was out and maybe two, and then that was it. There was no way it was going to be inventoried at a place like Diamond or anybody else, any of the other distributors. And you're going, ooh, you know, if I could go back in time, I would have just did that as a graphic novel with a barcode, and it could stay on a on a, on a bookcase. And you're thinking, yeah, I don't think I'd make that, you know. I, I wouldn't do yeah I wouldn't make the mistake again for me I would only you know going forward I'm only going to do like the OGNs I think you know um, for Steve and you know things like Athena that's 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 best served in in a floppy and an OGN but your publisher can can do it and, right but no you're you're totally right and what she's all she's doing is she's just trying to keep the life of it out there because if she buys a hundred copies yeah it's a two-fold mechanism because one she's trying to bring up the the sales numbers which is reasonable that's completely reasonable but secondly she's putting it in the hands of a hundred reviewers and a hundred it was more like a thousand okay a thousand even better because you know you're going to have what five percent of them maybe end up reviewing it so that's 50 we're now talking about this book for yeah like Ten minutes. More where power we would never, to her. <laughs> never <laughs> would have. I'm going to go back to to, to print again, and, yeah. and she'll get royalties on each printing of it, and that's a good way to keep it burning. And who knows if she bought it through her own Amazon portal on her site, she's going to get a kickback for selling it to herself. Nice work. So hey, contact her. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to rip her off. I think it's brilliant. Oh, that is great. Nice. Well, there you go. That, uh, thank you for that uh, for that voicemail. It's, uh, 
bar or spurred some nice uh, nice discussion. So send in those voicemails and uh, and emails. You can email the show at info at aroundcomics.com. We do have some emails, but uh, I think I'm going to push those to uh, to next week. So we're always pushing. We're always, always pushing, 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 pushing. But keep emailing. Keep emailing. It's, I'm sure it's we'll get some stuff. angry email from someone yes. who only well, likes no, we, uh, books have, and we got, we got, and I offended them by saying that they were foolish. I might have offended them too. I'll read it. We have a guy. From, we have a guy from Sweden that emailed us, so we're going we're gonna to get to that one next week. And so. Tom, English. Will, Tom will read it in a Swedish accent like the Swedish chef on the Muppets. Alright, so before we before we wrap up here, uh, Mr. Bryant, where can people find out more of your work on the internet? Um, it is at atomictiki.blogspot.com Alright, once again, follow me on Twitter at Atomic Tiki. There you go, yes, Twitter, Twitter, Twitter. Uh, Mr. Heffern? www.lawdogcomics.net Right. And uh, on the summer convention circuit. Oh yeah, we're we're Siamese twins on the on the summer convention circuit. So you're sharing a table at Windy City. Um, sure. Absolutely. That sounds right. great. And we'll All be right. we'll be uh, in M14 and 15 at San Diego Comic Con, along with Jim Nelson, artist of Magic: The Gathering and. Uh, World of Warcraft. Awesome. All right. Which yes, we will talk about Windy City Comic Con with you, Mr. Heffron. You have good work. Oh, excellent. Which speaking of, uh, September nineteenth, Center on Halstead. Get your details at www.windycitycomiccon.com. Pre-register. Get your tickets. Only ten dollars. Yep. Get tickets now. Eighty creators. Twenty exhibitors. And me. And Tom, naked in pancake I just, I'll just be standing around, sort of surly. <laughs> I'll All probably right. offend you if you come up to. I'll probably, you know, be curt with you as I was in the past. All right, Kurt uh, Busick or Kurt um, Swan? I, I will. Kurt Swan. I'll okay. let uh, people know. I'm mortalizing uh, you. Uh, keep dropping by uh, aroundcomics.com. We've got some uh, changes coming to the website that uh, you're going to want to go there and visit. We've got some very cool stuff that Sal is, is your working pornography on. involved now. Uh, perhaps it's very flexible. Uh, oh, there goes Steve with the uh, Tom versus the Flash three times a week. Yep. Three, you can listen now. to more, more of me, a little bit drunker and a little bit angrier on 11 O'Clock Comics every Friday. Uh, Jesus Christ, this is full of plugs. With uh, David Price, uh, Vince B., and Wood. Um, yeah, I think that's I think that, uh, iTunes Music Reviews. Uh, give us some. Yeah. Thank you. All right, I'd like to thank everyone for joining us today. Mr. Bryant. Thank you, Everett. I'd rather read I'd thank Mr. Mark Beatty for uh, uh, hosting us here at Wonderful Dark Tower Comics. Hillary Bardo for... He's been playing with this butterfly knife for like... I know. He's just like, I'm going to cut you. Are you still online? Yes. We're recording. That's good. That's good. You want to talk? Are you, guys, are, you, are you done bullshitting and you want to talk now? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> no, let's talk. No, because it's like Tom was like skirting around the whole issue of, you know, of these... I'm trying not to... Uh, uh, Offend people, yeah. yeah <laughs> Try yeah. not to incite anger. Well, you know what? That's dull, Tom. <laughs> Let's start offending people. <laughs> Everyone, Everyone has. Has. have a Florida. wonderful rest of your week and weekend. Florida we'll be back again next Monday with uh, another full-length episode. In the meantime... In between, between time. Thank you. We'll be everywhere in... And around. around. Coming. Hillary's going to go after Protestants next week. Mostly up the ass of Recording the town. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. no, if you, you want to kiss their ass, you might as well French it down. Jesus It's the only way I know how to operate. It's the only way I know. I work in the business world. That's how things work. 
views expressed in the interviews or by guests of the show are solely those of the individuals expressing them and may not reflect the opinions of Around Comics. Any reproduction, rebroadcast, or retransmission without the express written consent of Around Comics is strictly prohibited. All content presented in this program is the sole property of Around Comics, and this has been a Around Comics production, copyright 2009. That's what Brown can do to you. Now I'm